and Anthony Bill. Alright, welcome back into another episode of the Couch Scout Sports Podcast, bringing you the latest news and scores from the world of sports. We are back, heading into week three of the 2019 fantasy football season. The NFL is underway. There is some crazy, crazy things happening in the NFL right now. We're going to touch on those in the next couple of minutes. But first, if you have not followed us on Instagram, we are at the Couch Scouts Pod. Jump on there for all of the latest news and fantasy football advice that you need. Our DMs are always open. Our comments are always open. So please do not hesitate to reach out and ask us if you have any kind of questions, whether it is who do I start, who do I sit, who should I drop or add this week, uh, should I do this trade or not, go ahead. We get questions all the time, so don't be the one that holds out on us. We want to help you turn your, your fantasy football league into championship rings for years to come. You can also submit questions via our listener mailbox. Uh, email is thecouchscoutspod at gmail.com. Go ahead and send any questions. We'll read them out on the on the podcast, help out a few other owners, fantasy football owners themselves, and answer your question uh, to the best of our knowledge. And one more thing before we get this episode started. I want to tell you something. If you are a fantasy football player, if you are a fantasy owner, if you're passionate about the game of fantasy football, almost every single person that I know uh, that follows the NFL plays in some kind of fantasy football league. If you have not gotten into a dynasty fantasy football league yet, you need to do that. Reach out to us, send us an email, send us a DM, ask us how you can get into a league next year, 2020. We're going to be getting uh, a lot of listener leagues going where you can play with us, you can play against us, uh, and a lot of those will be dynasty leagues. Basically, if you have never heard of a dynasty league before, um, you at the beginning of the season, you have one big draft for all the teams, and that team that you draft uh, is going to be your team for the next X amount of years that the league goes on for. So the idea of a dynasty league is that it will continue for a long time, and it really gives you that feel of being, uh, I guess, an NFL GM, some kind of manager where you you build your team through the initial draft, and then at the end of the year, you keep all the same players, nothing resets, and the only way that you can build to your roster is through the incoming NFL rookies, through trades, through the waiver wire. So it really tests your skills um, in combining the NFL with co- the college football players coming in, allows you to do a lot more research and building your roster the way that you want it. You can draft the players that you want. So if you drafted Zeke uh, in that initial startup draft, you would have him for, say, the next four or five years, you know, until maybe he moves to another team, retires, whatever. But you would have him for all those years. You don't have to worry about, oh, who am I going to draft next year? Should I pick this player? Should I not? You get to pick the players that you want, and then you get to keep them for as long as you want on your roster. So Dynasty Leagues, look them up, Google them, get some insight on them, and as always, you can ask us any questions. 
but we're going to be jumping into some of those leagues already looking forward to next year. So when that time comes around next year, we'll definitely be announcing them. But if you have not gotten into one of those leagues, it is by far the best format for fantasy football. It is 10 times better than redraft leagues. I'm going to bring Anthony on and kind of get his opinion uh, because he just jumped in one with me this year. So just keep that on your radar for next year, um, but already be thinking about that. So here we go. We're going to get started with this episode talking about the week three fantasy football season. We're going to recap week two and a lot of the players uh, trending up, trending down, uh, which players you're going to be looking at to buy uh, as the season progresses and some players that you might want to sell if they're on your roster just based on what uh, their role is looking like in their offense. All right, I'm going to bring on my co-host, Anthony Bills, coming in again on the show from the great state of Ohio. The man, the myth, the legend, Anthony Bills. How are you doing today? Good, man. Um, good weekend of football again. Ready for week three. Um, but a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of good games this past week, so I can't wait to cover them and, you know, get uh, help out some fantasy owners, hopefully. That's right. It's always a good weekend when uh, we start chatting and uh, the Cowboys are 2-0, and the Packers are 2-0, and and I think we have a matchup coming up in the next couple weeks, if I'm not mistaken. I think we, we come to Dallas and play. Yeah, October 5th. October 5th. October 5th. All right. I'm hoping, I'm hoping we're both still undefeated at that point. I think we will be. Yeah, I, I, I think we have a shot. I don't know what your guys' schedule is the next two weeks, but I know I mean we play the... Um, FCS school, Miami Dolphins, this weekend. So. <laughs> the dumpster fire. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think we have uh, we got uh, Broncos this week, and then we go, um, I think, Eagles, and then to the Cowboys. So. Oh, okay, yeah. We'll see how that goes. All right, uh, so let's get started. Obviously, some, some big news in the fantasy football world. Ben Roethlisberger uh, is out for the season. Steelers put him on IR, and Drew Brees also, he's not going to go on IR, but going to be out until week nine. Uh, along with those two, some other, um, I guess, fantasy-relevant injuries, but as far as the backups go, we were just talking about Bridgewater, Taysom Hill, and then uh, Mason Mason Rudolph for the Steelers. What, what do you think those, those two offenses look like with uh, the backup quarterbacks coming in? Um, I think I, the Steelers is going to be interesting um, with Mason Rudolph just because we haven't seen much from him. Um, I mean, he came in the other day, went 12 for 19. He threw two touchdowns and a pick, so, I mean, he looked decent. Yeah. Um, to come off the bench like that and just be thrown into the fire, that's that's not a bad performance for your first game in the NFL. Yeah. Um, so that I, I still expect I, – I think both offenses can still do a lot. I, I really trust in Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, he had that Saints-Rams game. It doesn't look the best. It doesn't look pretty. But, honestly, the Saints made so many big plays that got called back. Right. Um, even on offense, it seemed like every time the Saints got a first down and got going, there was a holding call, and they put themselves in, you know, second and 20s or third and 15s, and Bridgewater just didn't even have a chance. Right, um, right. And now with, with time to prepare, knowing that he's the guy, I look for him to get back to who he used to be in Minnesota before the injury. So yeah, yeah, and they still have Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. I mean, you still have two elite players that you can get the ball to and just let them make plays for you. 
Yeah, I agree with that. I think that it seems like Mason Rudolph is a good fit to uh, to come back in uh, for the Steelers. And obviously we saw that the Steelers made that trade, that sending the first-round pick to the Dolphins for Minka Fitzpatrick yeah. uh, to shore up the defense. So the Steelers had to have gotten some kind of, uh, I guess, like verbal reassurance from Ben Roethlisberger that after the surgery, after the season, that he would come back for the 2020 season. That's that's how I interpret it because there's no way they would have given up that pick if they would have known no. he wasn't going to be back. So, I think I think Rudolph they must they they must really believe in him to be the guy uh, for the future. And I think what we saw on Sunday it seems like he's a quarterback that fits that system well. Uh, and and similar both both situations they have good weapons. You got Juju Smith. And uh, James Conner, and then on the other side, Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. So I think both those players, um, I guess the trio of players, they step into positive situations uh, where they can actually make an impact. And uh, even if they don't become the starting quarterback next year of that team, you know they might get signed somewhere else uh, and get paid. So I guess as a backup, that's kind of what you're hoping for uh, in the NFL. All right, so uh, Anthony, actually one thing that I did want you to touch on, I, I kind of alluded to this uh, in the intro of this podcast, uh, encouraging any kind of people that follow football that are fanatics of the fantasy football game to get into to a dynasty league at some point, uh, like already looking forward to the 2020 season if they've never played dynasty before, that they should get into leagues and uh, and even hinting that maybe we'll run like some listener listener leagues where they can jump in with us and play some leagues. But I know this year was your first time actually playing in a dynasty league. So what would you say to people that are maybe on the fence or don't know much about dynasty compared to your standard redraft league? What would you say has been your experience so far? A hundred percent do it. It's so much, it's so much better than the standard, you know, leagues that just go year in, year out. Like a dynasty one is so good because you literally get to it. It seems like you make more of a connection um, to your team. I know that sounds so weird, but it's cool because you literally find players that you're like, I don't have him just for this year. Right. So I get to like, I, I'm about to build around this guy. So like, you literally get to play GM. Yeah. You know, um, like I got obviously I got handed a team from your league from somebody dropping out, um, and I was fortunate that that. The team was kind of, eh, it wasn't that good. So I got a lot of good draft picks. And I'm sitting here like, oh, man, I get to pick number one from the rookie pool. Right. Uh, and the whole fantasy thing, the fantasy land, you know, the whole, that I get to pick from rookies. And I, that was fun because it's literally college football players that you just watched last year. It, it's a lot of fun. If you have a chance to get into the Dynasty League, do it, man. Like, obviously, the, the one-year leagues are fun. You know, they're fun to do because you literally get to stack your team sometimes. You get to pick players that you won't get in a dynasty league because they're on somebody else's team and they're going to be on there for five to ten years depending right. on how long you do it. But right. It's so fun, man. Get get involved if you can. Um, start one with your buddies, especially if you are if you do it with some friends, you know, because you guys get to – you're going to grow old together as friends and do fantasy football every year anyway. Might as well do a dynasty one. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, if, if you're like me, you're one of those guys that – you uh, year in and year out, you like you join the league and then you suffer some insane injury and yeah. then your team is just in the toilet and it's so frustrating because you're like, why do I even do this? Dynasty is so much better because 
even if, like, say this year, you you draft, you had Ben Roethlisberger on your team, he goes down for the year, you're going to have a backup quarterback that can come in and, and still put up points for your team, but also you know that you can put Ben Roethlisberger on your injury reserve and you still are going to have him next year. I guess that's kind of a, a weird example because he's like an old quarterback, but uh, say it was like Alvin Kamara and he went down and you're like, okay, my season's lost. Yeah, that might affect you that season, but you know he's going to come back the next year and you're still going to have him and you don't have to worry about like what what drafts, what drafts draft pick am I going to have yeah. if I'm going to get, like do I, am I going to be able to pick Zeke or am I going to be like the 12th pick? This is yeah. you pick the players that you want and that you believe in and like you said, you kind of you you form that bond with those players and it's just a lot more research uh, and a lot more predictability and it's not so much dependent on uh, I would say like week in and week out injuries yeah. and, and matchup. It, it's it's a season long thing. So yeah, yeah definitely. Well, like, sorry, not to cut you off. Just wrong. like even Jimmy Garoppolo, like last year, right? You know, somebody could have been high on him, had him as their quarterback, and he blows his leg out. You know, and he's out for the year, and you're like, okay, my fantasy season's done. Whatever. No, put him on the IR. If your season is going down the drain, make some trades. Get you some draft picks for next year like so yeah. it keeps you in the league all year round exactly if your team is struggling you don't just throw in the towel and then you screw everybody else in the league by like forgetting to set your lineup exactly like, oh, whatever i'm 0 and 8 yeah i'm not gonna set my lineup i got three guys on a buy so this dude's getting a free win and now he's in first place because i didn't do my job you know yeah it's really cool because you have next year like yeah. you have next year with that same roster and you can make moves yeah yeah there's always something that you can be like playing towards or building towards which is nice because you're truly you're never out of it i guess that's the thing is you you might be out of it that year but you can start preparing for the next year and and really make make a way for yourself for the next year so yeah for the listeners take anthony's advice get into a league like i said you know it's already week three but um you know, maybe next year if you're decided between some different leagues, definitely check out some dynasty leagues. And as always, you can hit us up with any questions, comments uh, that you have on those. So let's get into uh, our first segment, and we are kind of recapping the week two games. Uh, Anthony is going to take half the game, so I'm going to take the other half, and we are just going to pull out one player from each game and talk about uh, which direction they're trending, trending up, trending down. Uh, as well as, would you, at this point of the season, would you buy them, trade for them, or would you sell them? Uh, you know, a lot of fantasy football is buy low, sell high uh, to kind of to 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 better your roster. Um, if you know you can, if you have one guy that's really performing high, you can sometimes trade him for two or three good players who are going to add more depth to your team. Or if you have a guy who is um, on another team and he's performing bad, but you know he's going to rise uh, towards the end of the season. You can, you you know, sometimes you can get away and steal him away from a player that doesn't have much faith in him. So, Anthony, why don't you you start us off with your first game and a player that you highlighted in that one? All right. So uh, my first game, um, I got the Cowboys and Redskins. Um, there's a few people here, um, but I'm just going to go with one, and I think he should be on everyone's radar by now. Um, I know he is in the Midwest here, especially Ohio State fans, but Terry McLaurin, yeah. he he led the team again in receiving. Yeah, he had nine targets, uh, five catches, 62 yards, and a touchdown. 
Um, he's only owned at fifty nine percent of the leagues. The last I checked, that was ESPN stats. I don't know about Yahoo and you know the other ones, but in ESPN, he's only owned at fifty nine percent, and I like he's he's pulling in the targets. You know, he's he. He is pulling down the yard. He had five catches last week, five catches this week, a touchdown last week, a touchdown this week. So he's becoming Case Keenum's favorite target. And like right. I said, the Redskins continue to struggle and be down in the game, so they're throwing the ball a lot. So Terry McLaurin is going to continue to develop and get better. Um, and even if it gets to a point where Dwayne Haskins takes over, well, Dwayne Haskins is pretty much Terry McLaurin's best friend. You know, they spent time at Ohio State together, so his targets are going to stay up. Um, Terry McLaurin, his stock just going to keep rising. You know, it's a good, I'd say a wide receiver two, maybe tops yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, but wide receiver three for sure. Yeah. Um, he's, he's a stud that you gotta go get him if you can. Um, cause he's just going to keep getting better. McLaurin is definitely a, he's the top target in, in Washington. Anytime you can get the number one wide receiver of a team, uh, for cheap, He's definitely a player that you want to own, and he's just going to keep getting better and better. I think in um, it, speaking of, of dynasty leagues and rookie drafts this past year, I think he was going in the late second to third round of dynasty leagues, and now if you were to redraft right now in a rookie league, he would most likely be a uh, probably a mid-first round pick just based on what he's, he is doing right now. So definitely a player whose stock is, is jumping up and soaring up and he should be a great um, wide receiver for years to come for for the Redskins. And what was the final score of that game, Anthony, the Cowboys? 31-21. 31-21. So the Cowboys moved to 2-0. Yep. Redskins moved to 0-2. 0-2. All right. Uh, I'm going to talk about the Green Bay Packers and the Minnesota Vikings. Packers win that one 21-16. And uh, again... Something we talked about last week was this Vikings offense and um, what what did their strategy mean to, uh, I guess, the stats of Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. And really, it was actually pretty concerning uh, because I didn't think I'd see it two weeks in a row. And they, they did throw the ball a little bit more. But, you know, Thielen got targeted and had five receptions. Stephon Diggs, only one reception. It went for like a 49-yard touchdown. But... Still, it really looks like they want to rely on their defense and the run game, which that concerns me. And one player that I did want to highlight as a potential sell right now is Delvin Cook. Um, he is right now a top, uh, I would say, five fantasy-relevant running back in the league. He is over 40 carries already through two weeks, had 20 carries, 154 yeah. yards, and a touchdown this past week. And I, I truly believe he... He is he's already having a breakout season, but if you're getting in the NFL 20 carries a game, there it is only a matter of time before an injury happens, and we know that Delvin Cook has dealt with injuries in the past, and I just I do not see any way that he continues this workload 20 carries a game for a 16 game season, and and because of that, I would say his value is as as high as it is going to be in his career, and. For me, I would be I would be selling him, looking to get uh, maybe like a tear down uh, running back and, and maybe pair it with like some depth at wide receiver or tight end, but um, I just don't see a way that he he keeps doing that for the whole year. Any thoughts on that? Wow, wow. Well, 
there you have it. It's, you guys have Dalvin Cook, and you can get a lot for him, I'd say, right now, because he leads the NFL in rushing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Absolutely. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what to say. That's, that would surprise me. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on to, to the next game. What, what do you got next for us, Anthony? Uh, Cardinals and Ravens. Um, oh, that was so, a good game. What's up? That was a good game. I, oh, yeah, I, I yeah, thought it was going to be a, a blowout, but it actually ended up being closer than I thought. Yeah, you know, Kyler Murray has this magic about him that no matter how bad the Cardinals get down, he's going to bring them back. But, right. Um, yeah, so I I want to my, – mine's going to be – this might be a cop-out and an easy one again, but it's another rookie receiver, and it's, it's, it's Hollywood Brown. It's Marquise Brown. Oh, he's, yeah. He's going off right now. He had 13 targets the other day, eight catches, 86 yards. Um, Lamar Jackson has proven, you know, that he loves Marquise Brown and that speed. And Lamar Jackson is showing that he has learned to throw the ball and he can throw it well. Yeah. And Marquise Brown is getting open. He's a tough cover. His he is trending upwards. He's going to keep going up. He's going to keep getting targets and catches. Um, I I really like Marquise Brown in this offense. You know, he had eight catches, Mark Andrews had eight catches, and then the rest of the team, they all, one, two, three, four, five, six, six guys have one catch. Yeah. So it's clearly Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown. Um, those are the two main guys that are going to catch the ball from Lamar Jackson. So. Yeah. And one thing I was actually just reading this morning is, you know, last week Marquise Brown played, I think it was 12 snaps, and it was like an 18% of the offensive snaps. And this week, I believe he was up towards about 70% of the offensive snaps. So... This is a, a young player that is is still getting more and more involved in the offense than I would expect in week three against the Chiefs that he's up up there in the 85 to 90 percent of, of the offensive snaps. So you know his targets are just going to keep increasing and his opportunities for those big plays uh, is just going to keep going up. Yeah, and and one one real quick thing on I, don't freak out about David Johnson just yet. If I'm Cardinals fan or Cardinals fans, if I'm you know an owner of David Johnson, I, I know his production doesn't seem that well, but fantasy wise, he's still putting up points because you know he's he's catching the ball. At least Detroit, the Detroit game was. I think the Detroit game is what David Johnson is going to be. Yeah. This last game, they struggled. He yeah. didn't get. He got seven carries, one catch. That's one game. It just on the road with a rookie quarterback. Don't freak out. David Johnson is still going to put up big numbers. Yeah. Um. Don't overreact. So, I mean, honestly, if I'm an, if I'm somebody that wants to trade for him, if somebody in your league wants to get rid of him after this last game, go. I, I'd go buy on him. I'd go get him right now. Yeah, I like that. I he. Uh, I mean, he went up against the Baltimore defense, a great, great exactly. run defense, and he felt that he still found the end zone, even though it was a low, low usage from him. But yeah. he, you know, kind of salvaged the day with that touchdown. But I'm definitely with you on there. Uh, Moving on to the next game was the San Francisco 49ers, the surprise 2-0 team of the 2019 oh, no. season, putting up 41 points against the Cincinnati Bengals. 41-17 uh, to was the final on there. And uh, a player, me and you were just chatting about, Joe Mixon, um, running back for, for the Bengals. Definitely someone that I would say right now is trending down. Uh, and not so much in a negative way of, like, what's wrong with Joe Mixon, but... Um, Let's just be straight and honest. The the Bengals are not a good football team. 
Uh, they have a, a very weak offensive line. Um, A.J. Green is still out. They John Ross and uh, Tyler Boyd have been putting up good numbers, but just from an offensive line standpoint, Joe Mixon really can't get anything going. Um, in this game, 11 carries for 17 yards, 1.5 yards per carry. Uh, I'm going to say if, if Joe Mixon is not on your team and you can find an owner in your league that um, is selling Joe Mixon, because I know that there's a lot of there's a lot of teams out there, a lot of fantasy football owners out there that do not have any confidence in the Bengals. They don't have any confidence in what they've seen Joe Mixon do the last two games. Send them an offer right now and go get Joe Mixon because he is he's a top seven running back in the league and he is going to rebound from this. They're going to get healthy. He's going to get healthy. And uh, they're going to figure out a way to get him the ball, whether it's in the passing game or in the running game. I wouldn't expect for him to uh, to keep having like these first two games, one against the Seahawks, one against the 49ers. Good defenses, so he's been yeah. shut down. But uh, definitely a, a buy-low player right now just because of the, the concern and doubts that some people might have. So if he's if he's available and you can find an owner that's you know he's kind of iffy, go ahead and send him an offer, um, and you might be able to get him for cheaper than you thought. Yeah, hundred percent. And Joe Mixon is actually I I don't know how much I buy on this, but he tweeted out Cincinnati. I will be better. I have to be better. I know I will. So yeah, it's in his mind. It's in his he he knows um, that he can perform better. So. That's an incentive for you to be like, okay, uh, all right, I'm going to trust his word. This dude knows he's got to be better. I'm sure he's going to come out and try to play better, obviously. Yeah, I like that. I like that. All right, next one. All right, I got uh, Houston Texans and Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, the 13-12 to 12 win for the Texans because the Jaguars went for two and we're unable to get it. Um, I guess they didn't want to go to overtime and tie like the Lions and Cardinals. <laughs> yeah. Do not blame them at all. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with wide receivers. I, it's, it seemed like a trend for me. But I'm going with DJ Char- DJ. I don't know if it's Chark or Shark, but whatever. Uh, DJ Chark for the Jaguars. Yeah. Um, he leads the team in receptions after two games. He leads the team in yards after two games and touchdowns and in targets. So he seems to be a favorite to uh, Gardner Minshaw. Um, so DJ Chark's stock is still rising. He's averaging 18 yards per catch. Um, you know, I, I, I really like what he is giving them, um, a good deep threat, um, as well as intermediate passing game. So, uh, I just, I, I, I really like what the, uh, connection him and, uh, Gardner have. So DJ Chark is who, uh, I would say if you can buy him, you know, he's probably on waiver wires, uh, honestly still, um, not too many people have owned him. Yeah. Um, but yeah. DJ Chark. Yeah, that's a great that's a great pick, Anthony. I I think I don't know if we talked about him last week, but he was a player that um, I found available in almost all of my leagues, um, just on the waiver wire last year. I don't know if that or last week. I don't know if that's going to be the same case this week because I know he was added in quite a few, but he's definitely still available uh, in a handful of leagues. So go ahead and and kind of mine through your waiver wire, see if he is available because um, he. He seems like the cleared number one, uh, I guess, favorite receiver yeah. for for the Jacksonville Jaguars right now. So that's a yeah. a, a great yeah. pick right there. Yeah. 
All right, moving on to uh, the next one, we have the Detroit Lions against the San Diego Chargers, and that was a 13-10 to win uh, over the uh, the Lions beating the Chargers, and I'm going to go with another running back here. <laughs> I guess you go wide receivers, I go running back. Um, in uh, second-year running back, Carrion Johnson, and uh, has kind of, same thing, had a rough start to the beginning of the year. You know, there was a lot of hype about him last year, and he really took off and then uh, went down with a knee injury. Uh, had a rough week one, and then here in week two, he had 12 carries for 41 yards. Uh, he did find the end zone on on uh, a touchdown reception, two, two catches for 47 yards, so got involved there. Uh, I think this is still an, a player that you can, um, buy low for right now and I think he does finish this season as a top 10 running back um, they just released CJ Anderson the Lions did um, yep. and that just proves to me the more uh, faith that they have in carry on uh, and they want to give him the ball and they want him to be the feature back of yeah. this offense so if you can if you can trade for him buy him low uh, now would be the time to do it because I guarantee after week three uh, he he will be right back up to um, to that value that he had uh, at the beginning yeah. of the season. So, carry on, Johnson. Yeah, that's good. I, I wanted to ask you about a player in that game. Um, sorry, let me find him real quick. Um, what about <laughs> <so> T.J. Hawkinson? <laughs> we saw week week one. He sets a rookie, you know, wide or tight end record, um, and then <laughs> we come back to this week and. One catch, seven yards. Right. Uh, what What do you What do you see there? I mean, he had three targets. Is that just maybe a really good Chargers defense, or is that just like a game plan? It just went that way. Um, Kenny mm. Galladay seemed to get all the targets, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Kenny Galladay blew up that game. Uh, it was one of the top fantasy wide receivers in Week Two, and yeah, I. Unfortunately, I, I heard a lot of advice not to play TJ Hawkinson in Week 2 because the Chargers do have uh, yeah. a great linebacking core and have proved to be able to shut down the tight end position. And, of course, I didn't listen to that advice, put him in, plugged him into two leagues, and he got me almost zero points. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, that's a good question, Anthony, because is it was TJ Hawkinson, is he this amazing prospect that everyone said, or was it just a case of the week one Cardinals that have a terrible defense? Uh, I'm not really sure, but even Jesse James, the backup tight end, had three uh, three catches for 18 yards. Uh, I, I think I'm still going to... I'm still going to wait and see who they how he does in week three. I would assume that he bounces back and has a bigger game. But yeah, that was definitely a surprise, I think, for a lot of people because I know he... A lot of people were like, go out, add TJ Hawkinson. He's the next Antonio Gates or whatever. Uh, and he really put up a dud. But yeah, I'm still, I'll probably still roll with him in week three and, uh, and see what happens. They play, they play the Eagles um, in, week, in week three. So I think, he, I think he plays a big role in that one. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be good. Austin Hooper had a decent game against the Eagles. And I think Hawkinson is uh, way better talent. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Awesome. Um, all right, my next game is going to be the Kansas City Chiefs against the Oakland Raiders. Okay. Um, man, the Raiders got off to a hot start. They were up 10-0, and I was like, okay, the Raiders are for real. Yeah. So, uh, and then Patrick Mahomes said, all right, all right, all right, I got you. Yeah. Um, 
four, four touchdowns in the game. second quarter. I, I think the Chiefs had, uh, I think they had 22 straight games where they scored a touchdown in the first quarter. Yeah. And so the first quarter ends, they don't score. And the very first play of the second quarter, uh, the Chiefs score a touchdown. Yep. I think Demarcus Robinson on a deep ball. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, speaking of that name, Demarcus Robinson, that's who I'm going with. There we you go. Know, we we talked about, uh, you know, Sammy Watkins last week with Tyreek Hill going down. And Sammy Watkins still had a decent game. Um, not bad. Um, but we talked about Demarcus Robinson and Miko Hardman and both of those guys hit spot on. Um, so a shout out to you for the Miko Hardman pick last week. Um, I hope some of our followers li- uh, listened to you and picked him up. Because, you know, four catches, 60 yards, and a touchdown from a rookie wide receiver three, that's, yeah. that's legit numbers. That's good That's good numbers. But uh, Demarcus Robinson, six catches, 172 yards, two touchdowns. Dang. He caught all six of his targets. Um, you know, Sammy Watkins still had 13 targets, so he's still the number one guy. But with stock rising, I'm buying on Demarcus Robinson a lot. Yeah. Because um, obviously Tyreek Hill's going to be out for a while, and – um, a few of those catches DeMarcus Robinson had, Mahomes just threw it up there, you know, deep. He threw it up, and DeMarcus Robinson just beat the defense and got the ball. Yeah. So, a lot of stock in him. I, I really like DeMarcus Robinson, and I think he, he probably isn't going to put up 170 yards every week, but you never know in that Chiefs offense. Yeah. So, That's the thing um, is pretty much any player in the Chiefs offense is uh, <laughs> fantasy football gold, and if you can, yeah. if you can get your hands on a share of it, uh, it's going to pay dividends, and Demarcus Robinson. I don't know if you you have the stats of what his ownership looks like in fantasy leagues, but I know it was not high whatsoever. I know he's available in a lot of leagues. I picked him up in a couple, um, and I think he's a player that could really carve out a role for himself, even when Tyreek Hill returns, because he he proved that he can play in week two. Yeah, he's so in ESPN. He's fifty one percent rostered. Okay. Yeah. So. Half the leagues don't own him. Right. Like, go get him right now. So, um, but yeah, that that one and and one, I'm not gonna like spend a lot of time on it. But one person I would keep an eye on. I I drafted him in all my one year leagues, not keeper leagues. In my one year leagues, I drafted him late, like last pick. Rashawn McCoy just just he's he's slowly getting into the system. He led the team in carries last week. Yep. Um, Andy Reid loves him. I'm telling you, he's, at some point in the next few weeks, LaShawn McCoy is going to break out, and he's going to be one of those guys you're going to be like, oh, I should have picked him up, or oh, I should have started him. Yeah. And I, keep an eye on LaShawn McCoy because he still has it. He still has a lot left in the tank. I like that. You heard it here. Go get LaShawn McCoy if you can get him for cheap or if he's available on your waiver wire. Uh, I think even Damian Williams, the starting running back for the Chiefs, actually – he went down with some kind of injury in that game, and uh, yeah, I think LaShawn McCoy is just biting at the bit to, to get that starting spot, and I do I do agree with you. I think it's it's coming up here in the next couple of games where he really breaks out and uh, ha- and kind of capitalizes uh, on his the end of his career with Andy Reid. Yeah. I like that. All right, uh, moving on to the Indianapolis Colts, a 19-17 to win over the Tennessee Titans, a, a barn burner of a game, if you can call it that. Uh, I was surprised, you know, that the Titans put up 43 points in week one and come back with a 17 points and a loss 
in week two, but actually not that surprised because they are the Tennessee Titans. Um, but I'm going to highlight a player who is slowly, you'll like this one, slowly making his way into the Colts offense after missing oh, yeah. a majority of the preseason uh, due to a hamstring injury, I believe it was, and that is wide receiver Paris Campbell, my first my first wide receiver pick here. Um, had just one catch for 12 yards uh, in the in the win, uh, but he did uh, catch a touchdown pass on that on that target. So one catch for 12 yards and a touchdown, and uh, you know, really the here's the thing is that Paris Campbell was drafted to be. Uh, the guy after T.Y. Hilton, and before that injury that he had in the preseason, I mean, the Twitter was just blowing up every single day during the offseason mini camps and training camps because Paris Campbell looked like uh, he actually would overtake T.Y. Hilton this year at some point. Um, and I think that once he does get fully healthy, he's still working his way back into health and, and getting involved in the offense. But I think once he gets to that point, him and T.Y. Hilton are going to be just a really deadly combination of receivers. And T.Y. Hilton really likes to, to stretch the field, get down the field, and uh, it's going to open up a lot of opportunities for Paris Campbell under, underneath to get the ball and then to use that uh, that speed that he showed in the combine to, to find his way to the end zone. So that's a player right now that uh, is available in a lot of leagues and also just a player that uh, owners will gladly give to you um, if it's like a redraft league uh, because he hasn't done much and uh, you could probably you can most likely find him uh, and just a player that I that I would buy right now yeah 100% I love that love me some Paris Campbell love these Ohio State rookies making impacts already yeah lots of them <laughs> yeah yeah um, okay, so my next game is going to be the Chicago Bears and uh, Denver Broncos. I almost said Nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got ESPN NBA to jump on in the background and got me basketball. Um, <laughs> wow. All right. Uh, so mine, I, I've been going back and forth trying to think, and I had finally had a stock dropping player here, um, but I'm actually going to change it and do a stock rising because I like to be positive and. It's, I'm going to go with uh, the guy who is opposite of who I had stock dropping. So I'm going to go with Royce Freeman, stock rising. Oh, um, nice. back for the Broncos. Nice pick. Um, he has gained favor in uh, Vic Fangio's offense with the Broncos. Um, you know, they're, they're splitting carries right now. Royce Freeman, they're splitting snaps, really. Royce Freeman and uh, Philip Lindsay. Yep. And Royce Freeman has just been more productive. Um, and it looks like... From what I've been reading and seeing, it looks like the Broncos want to continue with Royce Freeman, and it looks like Philip Lindsay might be falling behind Royce Freeman and end up just being the number two rather than splitting. Yeah. So if you can buy Royce Freeman right now, um, I, I think his stock is rising because um, he's just been more productive, and you know he's a bigger back. He's not as tiny. Philip Lindsay, not that you know he can't get the job done, but. Royce Freeman just seems like he can do a lot more in the inside the tackles and yeah, definitely um, a more like solid frame compared to, to yeah, Lindsey. Yeah, and and when it comes to um, when it, he has less carries than Philip Lindsay right now, and he has about thirty more yards rushing, so he's been more productive. The receiving game, you know, he just had a five catch, forty eight yard 
receiving day against the Chicago Bears defense. So right. he, he's not just running the ball. You know, he's productive and passing. So if it's a PPR league, even more valuable. So I, I like Royce Freeman um, stock rising for yeah. me. So. Yeah, I like that, especially in the Broncos offense. Uh, you know, they're going to run the ball a lot. And, uh, you know, 24 attempts they had in week two. But also Joe Flacco threw the ball 50 times. And he really spread it out. Uh, Royce Freeman had five carries or five catches and Philip Lindsay had four. So it really seems like Flacco is comfortable giving, getting the ball uh, to the running backs in the passing game, which just means more opportunity for, for points for fantasy owners uh, going forward. I, I love the Royce Freeman pick right there. Great, great, great pick. Alrighty, uh, going to move on to um, the forty-three to zero win, the <laughs> New England Patriots over the Miami uh, Dolphins, and uh, wow, there is not much to talk about in that game. The Patriots f- by far exceeded uh, what I thought they were going to do. I knew that they had the, I think it was um, the biggest. Uh, the biggest line spread uh, from Vegas since the uh, 2000, I want to say, 7 Patriots. And uh, so I think they were 18.5-point favorites over the Dolphins, and I thought there's no way, like, the Dolphins, they got pride. Everyone's talking about how bad they are. They're going to come out and fight, and, of course, they win by 43 points. So pretty pride right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I... Uh, I think the funniest thing I saw this weekend was, did you see that speaker that caught on fire during the Titans game? <laughs> yeah. Someone like someone yeah. retweeted like the PA system, and here comes the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> just a just a fire on the field. Um, but I'm gonna go with uh, another wide receiver, two wide receivers in a row here, and that is uh, rookie wide receiver Preston Williams for the Miami Dolphins. Four catches, 63 yards. Uh, in week two, last week uh, did well and caught his first touchdown pass. So a lot of people were saying he wasn't going to be fantasy relevant. But honestly, with how the uh, season has been playing out for the Dolphins, anyone can be fantasy relevant. And it might as well be him. Might as well be uh, an, an undrafted rookie who plays his way into camp and impresses. impresses. He was by, by far the most impressive uh, rookie on that team during training camp and in the preseason and I I hesitate to say go and pick him up right now in redraft leagues just because I don't know if I want any part of the Miami Dolphins uh, in fantasy football right now. But uh, if you are, if you play in like a keeper league or a dynasty league, uh, Preston Williams is definitely a player that you're going to want to to pick up uh, and have on your roster moving forward. Um, you know things can turn around quickly for an NFL franchise, and sometimes it just takes. Uh, a quarterback to do that, and you know that the Dolphins are going for a for the top quarterback uh, in the 2020 class. So uh, things could turn around, and you could see Preston Williams have a breakout year in 2020. That's kind of what I'm looking for. Um, so just a guy that I'm I'm buying low right now because I know he's cheap, and not a lot of people care about the Miami Dolphins, nor do they probably know about Preston Williams. So I'll go there. But uh, other than that, I'm not touching the Dolphins in fantasy football the rest of the year. Yeah, what man? I I don't know if I feel bad for this guy or if he's if it's a bad spot or is he just really not a good player. But Devontae Parker, I feel yeah. like this dude has so much talent. And yeah, 
Zero catches, zero yards, zero what? Zero, did he even play yeah. against the Patriots, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I say that now, and he'll probably go off for 10 catches, 100 yards this Sunday against the Cowboys, but <laughs> just kidding. That's not going to happen. <laughs> Don't play Devontae Parker. Um, but Preston Williams, that's a good pick. He's, and I don't know. Uh, yeah, I was surprised. I was really when you were saying Patriots Dolphins. I'm like, yeah, right. Like, are we really going to have a rising stock for anybody from the Dolphins? Yeah, right. Hey, there you go. <laughs> Surprise. Hey, you can always Surprise. one man's trash is another man's treasure. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, and uh, yeah, it's that is very sad. What's going on in Miami? Yeah. Uh, there, yeah, their their tailgates are getting more attention than their uh, football games right now on social media. So. Um, let's go on. Let's move on. Done talking about them. Um, the New Orleans Saints and Los Angeles Rams. Oh, yeah. Stock rising, the referees. <laughs> um, uh, no, but let's see. Uh, this one's tough because I feel like everybody for the Rams is doing what is expected. So nobody's stock is really down for me or going up. Um, the Saints... Now I'm just kind of torn because Drew Brees is being out, Teddy Bridgewater, you know, whatever. We've talked about him. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think for me, if I'm selling, I, if I have to pick someone just because I kind of have to, I, I think I might sell on Jared Cook. Um, I, Drew Brees loves the tight end, but Drew Brees ain't playing for a while. So I don't know how Jared Cook will fit in with Teddy Bridgewater. It's kind of a wait and see for me. Um, I know for me he's not a top five or ten tight end anymore uh, just because of the Drew Brees injury. But we'll see if Teddy Bridgewater fits him. Um, but they also might start using Taysom Hill a lot more in the past game to help Teddy Bridgewater out. So I, if I have to pick one, I'm selling on Jared Cook um, just for, until we see how he looks with Teddy Bridgewater. Um, so if you can get some value for him in a trade – or whatever, yeah. or just maybe sit him on the bench, maybe pick up another tight end for now to play. Yeah, I agree. I just, yeah, um, I, I, people are freaking out about Alvin Kamara. I want it. Um, there was, they, he'll, he'll still put up numbers. He'll still be productive. Um, it was one bad game. The, that, that game that Sunday, just forget about it, Saints fans. It's not what you guys are going to look like, trust me. Um, we all know. You guys, honestly, maybe maybe you needed that to humble yourselves and finally move on from this referee issue. Um, and I know you had another referee issue at the start of the game, but um, I, Jared Cook is who I would pick for now. So, yeah, I don't have much to say on that. Yeah, I like that. On the other side of the ball, just speaking about what you said about another tight end that might be available, um, I would look at uh, Tyler Higby for the yep. Rams. Just signed a, an extension with the Rams, seems like um, they he Gerald Everett is going to be more of the receiving end of the tight end. So when he's in there, he's specifically in there to run routes. But Higby's playing about ninety percent of snaps right now, uh, and does a lot more blocking and a lot more uh, of route running. So uh, there's just going to be more opportunities for him in this passing game, and I think. Um, he got a touchdown last week, and I think that he's just one of those players who's going to continue to to be built into that offense. Um, and just you know, just a guy to to keep in to keep in mind if you are looking to get some just kind of like some streamer value if you just yeah. pick, pick him up for a week and see how he does if you need him. Uh, I don't yeah. I wouldn't say he's going to be a top fifteen uh, or even a top twenty tight end um, at 
at any point this season, but um, but you never know. Yeah, and he's he's their main uh, kind of you know goal line threat at receiver. Right. You know, Cooper Cup, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods. They're not big receivers. They'll get open and in the red zone, and they'll get open and you know on some slants and rub routes and stuff like that. But Tyler Higby seems to be the guy that Jared Goff looks for when they're inside the you know ten yard line and they want to throw for the end zone. I think Higby even caught a ball just short of the goal lines, or else it would have been another week with a touchdown. But that's a good that's that's a good point um, with Tyler Higby. Yeah. All right, uh, moving on to the Buffalo Bills, 2-0 against the New York Giants, a 28-14 victory. Josh Allen goes 19-30, uh, 253 yards and a touchdown, also rushes seven times for 21 yards and a touchdown. Um, you know, I was torn here between uh, talking about Frank Gore and Devin Singletary, but I already talked about Frank Gore in a previous, uh, a previous episode, so I'm actually going to talk about uh, Cole Beasley coming over from uh, the Dallas Cowboys. He had four receptions, 83 yards in week two. Uh, and also, I think similar uh, in week one, not the same yardage, but had about four or five catches in week one. And uh, I, this is just a, a low flyer, I would say, by low candidate that I have because um, he seems, him and John Brown seem to be the only two fantasy relevant uh fantasy wide receivers on the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen obviously uh, throws the ball not a ton. He likes to run a lot. Um, uh-huh. But, uh, yeah, he Cole Beasley just seems to be that, that underneath guy, kind of like he was in Dallas, you know, coming across the middle, running those the slot routes, the slant routes. Um, and I, I think he's a good value right now if you can pick him up because – uh, if Josh Allen does get more consistent in his in his throwing, or even if a wide receiver goes down for the Bills, that just means more opportunities for Cole Beasley, and he's going to find the end zone at some point in the season. So, just a guy to to I would say to put on your bench. Uh, you don't, I wouldn't play him uh, heading into to next week, but a guy that you would want to have on your team uh, for like bye weeks if you need to to swap out players. He can he can get you some good PPR points. Yeah. It's a good one. Um, Cole Beasley, I mean, he's had some big-time breakout games with the Cowboys every now and then, too, so he definitely has that capability in him. So um, let's see. On to my next game. Uh, oh, yeah, Philadelphia Eagles and the Atlanta Falcons. Um, this one was this one was tough. I was trying to decide because there's, there's a couple running backs in here that I just absolutely – think it's time to move on from and I know it's only been two weeks but I just I would move on because they're supposed to be two really good backs um I'm going with Jordan Howard for the Eagles uh I'd sell him right now I I just he was only on the field for 18 of the 81 snaps for the Eagles um and he's you know this guy is one of the top rushers in the league the last few years for the Bears and he's only getting on the field for 18 plays um, and that was a game where the Eagles had literally their number one and two receivers hurt pretty much at the start of the game. So how do you not have a running back like that out there and run the ball? And I just – they trust in I, – I, I get it, Carson Wentz, his MVP caliber, but they trust in Carson Wentz way too much and they just want to throw the ball and they don't use the run game enough. Um, I've seen this time and again with the Eagles the last few years. They – 
they have three or four running backs and they play them all and they can't just, they can't pick one. Um, so I'm selling on Jordan Howard. Uh, Miles Sanders is probably going to be the guy in the future anyway, so they're oh, yeah. probably just going to keep using him more and more each week. He was yeah. on the field a lot more than Jordan Howard was. Um, yeah, he had eight carries for 18 yards, and the week before that, I think he only had uh, – sorry, I I lost it. Um, he had like – I think he had seven carries in week one, so he just hasn't been – hasn't been getting the ball that much, and he's not on the field. So I'm selling on Jordan Howard. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I think it's the Eagles have made it clear that they want Miles Sanders to be that running back number one, and it's just a slow process of kind of, kind of pushing Jordan Howard out um, of fantasy relevancy, uh, to be quite honest. So that's a good pick. I think uh, if you can if you can still get some value for Jordan Howard, go ahead and do it because it's – it's minimal right now. Oh, every fantasy league that I've ever been in that has any Eagles fans, they will take any Eagles player. So go ahead and offer <laughs> Jordan Howard to an Eagles fan that has Patrick Mahomes. I guarantee you they'll take it. There you go. <laughs> Kidding, but that's just how Eagles fans are, I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Um, i got to play with more Eagles fans. <laughs> Uh, I am going to cover the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers and the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, I think it was a 28-26 to victory for the Seahawks. Russell Wilson throws three touchdowns, uh, really improves off of his Week 1 performance. Uh, but a player that I am going to highlight here as a... Um, the window is closing fast, but uh, if you want to sell... This is more of a this is more of a risky thing here, but I'm gonna say that uh, selling high right now on Chris Carson, uh, running back for for the Seahawks. I feel like the window is getting the, your window to sell him at his highest is closing um, quickly. But in week two, he had a big week one. But in week two, 15 carries, 60 yards. Um, but if you look at the touches that uh, his fellow running back Rashad Penny is getting. Um, he carried the ball 10 times for 62 yards, 6.2 yards per carry, compared to Chris Carson's 4, point, um, four, four yards per carry. Uh, and he, Carson was still involved in the pass game, three catches for 27 yards. But I, I just have questions about um, what Chris Carson is going to be for the Seahawks. You know, he. It seemed like at the beginning of this season, everyone's like Rashad Penny. No way, Chris Carson is the guy all the way. But you know, he had a fumble in in that game uh, in in week two against the Steelers, and it seems like they they still came back and trusted Chris Carson on a on a fourth down and let him carry the ball. But I think if he if he has any kind of fumble concerns, really, Pete Carroll has shown that he will go with the guy who does not fumble the ball. And he doesn't really care how talented you are. If you're fumbling the ball, he is going to uh, he's going to move on to another guy. So, um, yeah, I just think you know, on on the year he's got 30 carries, 106 yards, and a touchdown, and nine catches. So I think he's definitely a fantasy re- relevant running back. But it, this would be more so in in dynasty leagues, just a player that I'm going to sell. Um, that's just kind of that's just kind of what I'm what I'm feeling right now. Sell on, yeah. Sell on him. He's going. He's going to be 26 years old this year. 
which is kind of like the prime of running backs, and he, he hasn't done a whole lot to say this is a like top-tier fantasy running back. He's more of a guy that you're going to get in the third or fourth round. Um, so that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at with Chris Carson. I'm interested. To, yeah. I'm really interested to see what the uh, the snap count looks like in week three between him and Penny. Yeah, that's good. That is good. Is that is that all the games? Uh, yeah, I think for the most part we, we yeah, left we out. Yeah, we didn't do the Thursday night or the Monday night. Yeah, but that's yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Um, I will say we uh, for the listeners we did post yesterday. Um, or was it on Monday? I think it was on Monday we posted uh, about some waiver wire pickups that you should have kept your eye on for uh, for this week. Most fantasy leagues, on I think it's on Wednesday, usually uh, that's when the waivers run and you can get those guys. So be on the lookout. Uh, on Mondays we'll kind of uh, highlight some players that you should be looking at if they're available in your league. But uh, when you, Anthony, were talking about Jared Cook in the tight end situation, definitely a player that if he's available in your league that you want to pick up is that we mentioned on Monday is Chris Herndon uh, for yep. the for the New York Jets, uh, especially with the the quarterback situation that's going on right now uh, in New York. But when Sam Darnold does come back, he proved last year that he really did have a connection with Herndon, and I think he was up over uh, I think 30 receptions and and 300 yards in 2018. Uh, that's that's just me going off memory, but. Um, I think he does. He is going to be one of those like fantasy relevant tight ends, not just a guy that you plug in here and there. He's going to be an every week uh, fantasy tight end uh, and has a lot of upside in the red zone. So definitely a player that you're gonna that you want to keep an eye on. Yeah, that's a good one. It's a really good one. Uh, any any other uh, news notes, Anthony, that you want to touch on, or players that we should be looking out for heading into Week Three, or good matchups, poor matchups? Yeah, I'm gonna. It broke up a little bit. I actually didn't hear hear you after, um, but I think I know what you said. Um, I I want to point out. I want to point out two people, two players, and I'm I'm being a homer here. I know, but being a Cowboys fan, but. Um, Michael Gallup is going to be out for, you know, two to four weeks, maybe a little bit longer, depending, because he had to get a little bit of uh, surgery or some procedure done on, I think, meniscus. Yeah. So he's going to be out for a few weeks. And two two people for the Cowboys offense that I want to point out is Randall Cobb um, and Devin Smith. Um, Devin Smith is, the other day, even with Michael Gallup, Devin Smith was the deep threat, and he caught a deep ball. Um, just like he was known for at Ohio State, where I think about 85% of Devin Smith's touchdowns at Ohio State were 40 yards and plus. So he is a deep threat um, and a legit one. And Dak Prescott has shown this year throwing the deep ball. I mean, he's 82% on the year, I think, as a passer already. So he's going to be hitting Devin Smith looking for deep balls. And, hey, they're playing the Miami Dolphins this week. So look out for Devin Smith to have a big game against the Dolphins. Um, And Randall Cobb will probably step in to that intermediate passing game that Michael Gallup does because Michael Gallup does deep ball and intermediate so look for those two receivers if you can get one of those two I think they'll be a solid option um and deeper leagues you know some some leagues with like eight or ten guys maybe not so much because you probably already have stacked teams but you know in, in deep leagues and um I just picked Devin Smith up for my dynasty league just because it looks like he has found a home in Dallas finally and they love having a deep threat trust me that Terrence Williams 
nobody even knows where he is anymore. But when he was in Dallas for a few years, his main thing was catching deep balls. And I, I would look for Devin Smith over the next for the rest of this season and maybe the next couple of years. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Um, I like that you touched on those two, those two Cowboys. And yeah, I'm excited to see who benefits the most from that Michael Gallup injury and uh, who kind of makes an, like you said, makes a name for themselves in the next couple of weeks and maybe even when Gallup returns, still carves themselves out a role and, and helps that that Cowboy offense. Yeah, um, how, what, who are you looking at? Who do you have, you know, I mean, I know you just touched on Chris Herndon. Is there anyone else? Um, I know there's another person that was on there, uh, Raheem, I don't know if it's Mostert, Mostert, whatever. Um, could you touch on him real quick? Because I know, obviously, yeah. you know, California podcast, that's where we're, that's where we're from. So <laughs> San Francisco, a lot of 49ers fans out there, give, give them a take on their uh, backup running back. Yeah, um, here's the here's the thing is that the 49ers, uh, they actually have a lot of uh, depth and strength that is balanced around the field. So uh, at wide receiver, they have a lot of depth. They have a lot of injuries, but they have a lot of depth as well. And that goes for the same as the running backs uh, and, and the offensive line. They have a really nice offensive line, and that's why you see the uh, 49ers having so much success running the ball. But uh, even in week... In week two, I know Matt Breda went over the century mark, Raheem Mostert went over the century mark, and then Jeff Wilson, who played, I believe, for the first time this season, uh, had 34 yards and two touchdowns, so he got the goal line work. But the the 49ers really like to, to run the ball in the goal line, and they like to move the ball down the field via the run. And the thing is that with Matt Breda has a pretty significant injury history um, where he he's, he's one injury away from being out for an extended period of time. And what we saw last year was, you know, he climbed to the top. He was leading the NFL in, in rushing and he would have these games where he would, he would explode for like 90 yards, you know, in the first half and then he would hurt his ankle and then he'd sit the rest of the game. He'd come back the next game and he'd rush for 120 and three quarters, and then and then be out the rest of the game. Uh, and so he he kind of he doesn't have like this consistency that you can trust week in and week out. Um, and when Raheem Mostert came in last year, he really seemed like he was going to be that guy, and it ended up kind of just a fluke injury broke his broke his arm. Um, but I think if you're looking for depth at the running back position and you're weak in that in that area. I would go ahead and add him because, like I said, Brita is really one hes one play away from being out, and we know Tevin Coleman um, is out. He's questionable, and uh, Mostert is just a great, uh, he's a great by-low candidate uh, because if, if somehow he is thrust into that running back one position for the Niners, you know he's going to get plenty of opportunities on the goal line and just in the run game in general. That's that's a that's a lot of info. I didn't know if you would. I, didn't, I wasn't expecting that. Just throwing it. Boom. <laughs> that that's a guy that has done his homework and knows this fantasy game, people. All right. That's right. I try and I try and do my homework. <laughs> try and know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, but uh, anything else in your end, or want to wrap this um, wrap this baby up? Yeah, we we can wrap it up. I just wanted to, since if so. 
we're going to be recording these, obviously, it seems like around Wednesdays, um, the middle of the week, because waivers and stuff, um, and we're not going to cover Thursday night games. So I guess maybe maybe this is something we can talk about in the future, but I just wanted to see real quick. Did, for the Thursday night game tomorrow, it's Tennessee Titans, Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, are there in, is there anybody, you know, on those two teams, you know, maybe a must-start or a must-sit? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I would, I would probably sit them. You know, like maybe a, an A.J. Brown has had a solid start to his rookie year, but going up against Jalen Ramsey tomorrow, maybe, unless Jalen Ramsey gets traded in the next 24 hours. Yeah. Stuff like that. Do you have anybody that's like, oh, you must play this guy? Obviously, we know Derrick Henry. We know Leonard Fournette. Yeah. Um, DJ Chark, I just touched on, but is there like a sleeper in there that you're like, hey, I would maybe start this guy or not hmm. sit this guy? Because um, the Thursday games have not been pretty these first two weeks. No, and uh, that and that's the thing. <laughs> I think we were talking about uh, last Thursday. I don't know if I, after watching that Buccaneers Panthers game, I was like, I don't care who's playing. I don't think I want to play anyone on Thursday night because it is right. so back and forth. Uh, it, you just never know who's going to show up. I mean, if you think about it, these guys are playing on Sunday, and they are throwing themselves around, getting beat up, and then they basically go from that game, fly to where they're going to play, and then uh-huh. they have to somehow rest, s- like study the film, and get walkthroughs in in two and a half days, and then they play. So it is hard. Um you know, off the top of my head, I'm gonna I'm gonna play Delaney Walker, uh, yeah. the tight end for the Titans. He he, if, if as long as he's healthy, he's a he's a big red zone target for yeah. Marcus Mariota, and he is he's proven to be the number one um, target I would say for for the Titans, and just kind of like that safety valve for Mariota. So I think he has a big game uh, against Jacksonville. Obviously, yeah, I'm gonna play I'm gonna play Fournette. I'm gonna play uh, Derek Henry, I wouldn't expect them to have monster games because both both the uh, Jaguars and the Titans have very solid uh, run defenses. So I'm hesitant. I'm hesitant to say that they're gonna have some big games, but I'm I'm hoping for that like you know a red zone touchdown from both of them to kind of to get people some fantasy points. Um, yeah, if you ha- if you had other options, I would I would. Uh, I would stray away from AJ Brown, and uh, hmm, you know I think I I think I might still go uh, DJ Chark in this one. Yeah. I think I would play. I think I would play DJ Chark. I think I I didn't see a whole lot from AJ Brown in week two. That's like saying, oh, he's an every week player. Uh, right. But I think DJ Chark had a good enough connection there with with Gardner Minshaw. And I think that he you could play him in week in week two, or in week three. Uh, here here is a a little bit of um, a tip for you in fantasy football. Uh, if you have a player that you know you're going to play in week three on Thursday night football, do not put him in the flex spot. Always, if you're gonna play, if you know you're gonna play them on Thursday, always move them into either like the position specific spot whether it's running back wide receiver tight end because if you put him in if you put them in in the flex and then the players that are in the running back or wide receiver spot they end up being questionable or uh, they go down with an injury and you need to to swap them out quick then you are limited to only playing either a running back a wide receiver or a tight end Uh, and odds are that you might have 
a player that you would rather choose to put into the flex. So that's just a little a little bit of advice um, to just even like you know it might look it might look silly on your fantasy football roster when you're like why do I have Saquon Barkley in the flex when I have uh, you know Justin Jackson in in my running backs running back slot but uh, it it just makes it makes sense from from an owner standpoint to always put the Thursday night guys in the flex if you're going to play them uh, and it will help you as you get to Sunday and you at some point in your fantasy football career you'll find it find that out because it it sucks when you're like oh I could play uh, I could play um, AJ Brown or I could play uh, Jalen Samuels, and then you realize, oh no, actually I can't play AJ Brown because I already used up my flex spot with a running back that I could have switched out. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's not. It probably sounds confusing if you're listening to it, but uh, just trust it. It's been it's been proven time and time again to uh, yeah. to switch that out. Yeah. No. One hundred percent. So basically, guys, we have. I so I'm playing against a guy that has Leonard Fournette this week. Okay. So what he needs, and he has him in the flex. And what Noah is saying is he should move Leonard Fournette out of that flex into a running back one or two spot. Um, that way, the flex is open in case one of you know somebody else is hurt or somebody ends up getting sick, or you know, you're just like somebody that is like, I, I really need a lot of points out of my flex guy now and now it's not taken up, and you can pick from a wide receiver, a running back, or a tight end to put in that flex on Sunday. So, very simple. I get it. Uh, anybody playing fantasy, it's, 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 that's a really good tip. Um, it's something a lot of people don't take advantage of. Like I just said, this guy hasn't been in a flex right now. So. Yeah, you would be surprised how many fantasy football matchups you don't, you don't realize that you lose uh, by not doing that because, you know, the games are won by sometimes just a matter of, three, four, five points, and sometimes it was the difference of playing a, a wide receiver in the flex or or a running back in the flex. I saw it happen to someone this week and uh, cost them a win. So it happens all the time. I'm just telling you, you're going to want to do it. Nice. All right. All right. Good, uh, good stuff. Yeah, so fantasy football week three starts tomorrow on Thursday with uh, – the Titans and the Jaguars should be a good game, and hopefully should be better than last Thursday. And uh, like we said, you can uh, DM us, you can email us, you can comment um, with any fantasy football questions that you have, start sits, add drops, trades, uh, any kind of questions that you have, and we will be here all weekend long to to set you guys up for success. He he is Anthony Bills. I am Noah Bowig, and we will catch you guys on the next episode. You've been listening to the Couch Scout Sports Podcast. For more resources, follow us on Instagram at the Couch Scouts Pod. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. We'll see you on the next episode.